Welcome to The Greenhouse Athens, a podcast from The Greenhouse Church in Athens, Tennessee. This podcast exists to provide an in-depth, practical conversation based on the teachings from our Sunday morning gatherings. Additionally, we hope to encourage and challenge people in their walk with Christ through the testimonies of other believers. On our last episode, we talked about the role of deacons as servant leaders in the church. On today's episode, we'll hear from three of our elders, meaning our pastoral leaders, as we discuss some vision and values that came from our elder retreat last weekend. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Greenhouse Athens. I'm James Howard McGuire. I'm the worship pastor at The Greenhouse, and I'm sitting with two other uh, pastors on our staff, but also our pastoral leaders, meaning elders. Um, go ahead and introduce yourself, guys. Hey, uh, my name's Todd Humbert. I help with our church on uh, teaching on a Sunday and, and sitting with these uh, fine men next to me. Um, let me pass the baton over to uh, the guy to my left. Yes, uh, my name is Eric Ennis, and uh, like James Howard said, one of the elders at Greenhouse, and I am the youth pastor over the Greenhouse's adopted youth group. Is it ever going to get old that I say, I mean, I say that every single time, mm. but you know, you never know when people are going to not know about us. That's anyway, true. I think it's part of who we are, you know, one, okay. one foot kind of on one side in the yeah. church and then a, a big foot in the community. So yeah. I think that yeah. kind of characterizes who we are. Well, anyway, so a uh, youth pastor over uh, the Greenhouse's Adopted Youth Group, MYCG, which stands for McMinn Youth Community Group, and happy to be here. Mm. Yeah, so today we, uh, we're going to kind of unpack um, what we discussed on our elder retreat this past weekend. Um, we got together in a cabin in Townsend, Tennessee, and just kind of sought the presence of God, really, mm-hmm. um, and discussed just vision for the church and what the Lord is doing in the greenhouse and through the greenhouse. And so we wanted to unpack some of what we talked about there on today's episode, um, as well as kind of running off the heels of what Jen Hand shared with us this past Sunday during our Sunday morning gathering. Um, Jen is uh, you know, a member of the greenhouse and a friend um, and also Todd's sister-in-law, so mm-hmm. she's checking all the boxes. But she is uh, she challenged us to put our yes on the table, and uh, oddly enough, uh, we're going to do a shameless plug here. She actually has a book coming out through Moody Publishers um, titled Yes on the Table. It's going to be out April 5th, so shameless plug there. We'll put the link for how you can pre-order that in the show notes. Um, so, yeah, let's get to it. Yeah, and so... Did, by the way, did y'all notice her earrings on Sunday? She loves big earrings. And the story she told about giving away earrings yeah. to somebody to let them know that God loves them, they're seen by God and known by God, it was uh, a powerful story. So if you didn't catch Wasn't that... Wasn't it uh, Basil? Isn't, didn't Basil, she, Basil yeah. Basil at Starbucks? A girl named Basil at yeah. Starbucks. Basil, I hope you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah. So we want you to know from the greenhouse to Ottawa, Tennessee, that you are loved by God, known by God, seen by God, cherished by Him. So um, That's right. And, uh, and Jen does such a great job of putting her yes on the table. And she really, she took us back to the book of Acts where we've been for a while. And she kind of walked through some different characters in the book of Acts to mm. tell us how different people have put their yes on the table and, and really zeroed in on Acts chapter eight, where this guy named Philip just put it, put a, put his yes out there. And, and, uh, she, she, uh, led us to beautifully led us to what happens, uh, when we begin with worship, uh, when we let worship inform our work. Uh, when we let worship inform how we develop relationships, and when we let that 
uh, inform how we rest in who God has created us to be and just resting in God. And uh, what happens, the result, she pointed out in Acts chapter 8, is joy, Mm. that there is so much joy in that city. That's what the verse says. And she challenged us, what if our worship led to joy in the city? What if Mm. the church, what if Christian community, what if individual Christians were known for bringing joy into the lives of others? And it's Mm. interesting that at the very end of this chapter, Acts 8.39, it says the same thing, that these people went on their way rejoicing. And I just want to point out that this is one thing that Jesus promised us before he, before his resurrection, his crucifixion and resurrection in, in John 15. He said, the reason I'm telling you all of these things is that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. And uh, I think that's really uh, sort of encapsulates why we use this language uh, fully alive at uh, Greenhouse. We want anyone who encounters Christ or hasn't yet encountered Christ to become fully alive. Yeah. And I think um, that's kind of like one of these major uh, focus areas of the greenhouse is uh, this concept of, and we'll kind of touch on this a little bit more uh, in a few minutes, but this concept of like there are different ways that you can quote unquote attend church and the different ways that you can quote unquote be a Christian. Um, And, I think a lot of times Christians and and sometimes like churches and and uh, you know maybe even countries can get into this rut of I am a Christian and therefore that means I go to church and I crack open my Bible every once in a while, but there can be this like slow creeping in just deadness or this like loss of of spiritual life um, that can come from our connection to Jesus being more ritualistic and more uh, just, you know, this is just what I do. It's not really a part of my identity. It's just a part of my agenda. And Mm -hmm. I think that has led to a lot of just deadness and a lot of just uh, necrosis, the spiritual necrosis that can get us to a place where we all of a sudden turn around one day. And even though we are quote-unquote Christian, we don't feel alive, and we don't feel his presence in us. And so uh, one of our big, big uh, emphases and and focuses has been being a church that tries to promote growth by really providing providing, um, opportunities to experience Jesus and not just like check a a punch card, you know, a, a church punch card, but to really encounter him and experience him and take him on as um, I don't even want to use the word lifestyle, but like take him on as a total, um, uh, total identity shift. And, uh, and I think we think that that leads to people being and feeling fully alive in the name of Jesus. Um, and so that's, that's been a big push of ours from the beginning. And if anyone's going to know the greenhouse, that's something they have to know about us. Well, not only do we want people to encounter Christ, but it's, it sounds like we're expanding our lexicon here. I don't even know what the word necrosis means. So, <laughs> un- hey, you know, if you're listening to this and you don't know what that word means, we're about to find out. <laughs> you mean, you mean yeah, tell necrosis us. is just uh, like the dying of tissues, like mm. tissue death. Mm. Yeah. So like when, when some part of the body starts to die and becomes necrotic, that means that like it's lost blood flow, it's losing nutrients and therefore it's dying. Man, Necrosis. Wow. Leave it to the biology teacher Necrosis. and youth pastor to, to bring it to expand our lexicon. I love well, that. it's medical. I know. was going to say, guess which one of us is a biology teacher. <laughs> <by day. laughs> 
<laughs> oh, well, also coming out of this elder retreat. So we, you know, having this idea of becoming fully alive, people being, you know, not, not sort of, and I get the picture of a deflated basketball. And if anybody's mm-hmm. ever been to the gym and you try to bounce a deflated basketball, it's just, it feels useless or worthless or, mm-hmm. or just, it, it can't live up to its maximum fullest potential. And, and so at Greenhouse, we want people to live out, you know, their fullest potential mm-hmm. and, and not just activity wise, but identity wise too, like who they are in Christ and, and saturating as much as Jesus they can get and, and then pouring mm-hmm. that out. And uh, there are a few priorities that came out of this elder retreat that, that help inform the push to be fully alive and the push to um, be missional in, in the world. And, and so one of those priorities uh, that should uh, invade maybe I can use that language, invade every practice we have is for Jesus to be front and center, for the spotlight to be on him, mm-hmm. for us to point to him, for he to, for him to be the priority. And I really think of this uh, coming out of, one, just the, the thread of Scripture, that that everything is sort of climaxing toward the revelation of God and Jesus, that he is the you know uh, exact imprint of God's nature, as it says in the book of Hebrews, or, or the fullness of deity and flesh, as it says in Colossians. Uh, really, th- this idea also comes out of this, in the, in the tiny book of Philippians, this four-chapter book in the New Testament, that, that Paul writes to these these people while he's in prison, uh, using the word joy actually a lot in that book. He he says in Philippians chapter two, he, he takes the whole Roman mindset of gaining and clawing the hill toward honor, uh, public societal honor, and he flips it around. And he says, you know, Jesus, who was uh, in the image of you know, uh, having the same likeness of God didn't, didn't hold on to that. Instead, he emptied himself. He became a servant. He became uh, in the likeness mm-hmm. of human flesh, and then he was crucified for us. And therefore, God gave him the name that is above every name, that every, name should, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that, that uh, um, he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so really this, this priority of Jesus being front and center and how that plays out in uh, greenhouses, we hope to be uh, more about his honor and raising the flag of Jesus over the flag of greenhouse. Not that God's not using greenhouse and he's not using our church fellowship and, and uh, people aren't coming to experience hopefully a healthy community that will, that will uh, bless them and nurture them and heal them. Uh, but also that it's bigger than greenhouse. It's bigger than one isolated church and it, it's bigger than our name. Um, it's Jesus name. And it, it sort of reminds me of this, this, this comparison in Genesis chapter 11, where, uh, the Tower of Babel, if you're familiar with that story, they, they said, let's make a name for ourselves. And so they build this tower to make a name for themselves. And then uh, then in the very next chapter, you see God coming to a, uh, a man sort of broken um, named Abram and says, I'm going to make a great name for you. And so that's really what we, we want. We want to not make a great name for ourselves. We want Jesus' Jesus' name to be lifted up. So there's that's one of really six priorities, but that priority really saturates everything we do. It's sort it, it, it's sort of the filter we lay over everything else is that that Jesus name. We want him to be exalted. This this idea of uh, of worship of him, exaltation of him, and and Jesus being uh, front front and center. So that's that's one. And but we have you know uh, five more um, five more priorities we want to want to lay out there for you. Yeah. So the secondary one I would say is just a priority of people. Um, if you look in the Gospels, it says that, um, you know, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so if we are going to be a Bible-believing New Testament um, church, we have to put a priority on people. And so um, hopefully this is evident in all that we do. Um, I'm thinking of a few uh, key things that we we have 
as far as goals for the greenhouse, and that is that we want to be a multi-generational and a multi-ethnic church. Mm. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that is such a, um, just a kingdom-minded biblical um, foundation um, to, to see church through, because church is not a segregated thing, and heaven one day is not going to be people of one race or two races, mm-hmm. but of just the human race mm-hmm. um, coming to f- who have c- come right. to faith in Christ. And so um, we really, really want that to be um, evident in everything that we do at the greenhouse. And um, one way that we put a priority on people, too, is um, just through community groups. And we we preach a lot from the stage that you should get in a community group. I think we have nine community groups right now, praise the Lord. Um, and a lot of awesome. a few other smaller groups as well. Um, and another, so we believe that the longest, uh, or most lasting impact we believe is in the smaller group settings, meaning that you're going to go a little deeper with a few people around a table than you would just hearing Todd or Eric, um, share from the stage on a Sunday morning. Not that God doesn't use the large group gathering. I believe that he does, and I think that's a picture of heaven in a lot of ways, of just worship and reading of Scripture um, and, and preaching through Scripture. I think that that is powerful, but the most lasting impact is going to happen in those smaller group settings where we can hold each other accountable, where we can carry each other's burdens, um, and where we can just worship uh, both through song and just worship encourage each other to live lives of worship, to live lives of surrender. And so we hope that that, um, that, that community groups, that smaller group settings, that relational friendships that we, we like to say a lot, that we're an ever-expanding family of friends. And so we hope that, that that is evident in everything that we do at the Greenhouse, that people are our priority, second to Jesus, of course, as Ty has already talked about, but we want to love our neighbor well. We want to get out of our house and go meet our neighbors, right? We want to sure. uh, to befriend people intentionally in our workplace. We want wherever our sphere of influence is, we want to build relationships with people, ultimately to point people to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, if I can interject here, James Howard, I, I think that we have identified, um, I believe we've identified, some major needs in the city, you know, um, whether that, whatever that might look like. And what's neat is these major needs mm. that we've identified in the city, we've not yet or may never develop programs around those needs, yeah. but we have seen in the context of relationships, God meet those needs, yeah. which is really neat to, to think that it's not just, it's not a service that we're providing necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, you walk in the front door of the office and you fill out an application and, right. and we're going to help meet a, a particular need that exists in the community. Yeah. But actually you come to a living room and we get to know your name, get to know your story, yeah. uh, remind you that you have dignity and worth and value because you're made in God's image. And let's walk through life together and see how these needs, uh, how these needs emerge that we both have. And we walk together. Uh, keeping our eyes on Jesus. So, People over programs. Oh, mm-hmm. yep. Come on. Come on. Hey, I feel like there should be an organ in the background on that one, right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, another um, big one that's kind of tied to what I was talking about a second ago is uh, you know, with the whole fully alive uh, component of who the greenhouse is, is this idea that we really didn't want when we first kind of dreamed up and visioned up uh, the greenhouse. We really didn't want to create uh, a church that was um, like 
is spectator based. And, and I know that in my past I've been to churches, um, and maybe you have experienced some, some, uh, you know, church services, whatever, where it felt felt a little bit like uh, you were kind of there to just absorb and just to watch what's going on. Um, but but even outside of the service, because sometimes you know, greenhouse can be that way as well. You know, we we want you to listen, we want you to absorb. We understand that, that a lot of times that's what happens on Sundays. But as far as what it means to be a Christian and a Jesus follower and to become fully alive, there's a participation element in that that is really important. Where this is not something that uh, I'm just going to lean on my church. I'm just going to show up at you know whatever time on Sunday. They're going to give me what I need, and I walk out, and then that is my participation. But we know that you know if God gives us 90 years of life, that there are 90 years worth of 365 days worth of opportunities for me to encounter Him in minutes and moments and hours, and that can come through so many different formats. I mean, opening up your Bible is just one of many different ways. Um, and, you know, it's, it's again, we, we really tried to deconstruct this idea that the church, number one, is a place. It's a building. Uh, we, we really believe the church is a body of people uh, that is, um, you know, they have a common ground and that they have a desire and a love for Jesus Christ. Uh, but we also thought, well, we want to deconstruct the idea that church is just done on Sundays. And so one of my favorite things that um, I heard Todd mention years ago, and we really tried to build it into the DNA of Greenhouse, is this this funnel uh, component of, of the Greenhouse and what we think that uh, Jesus has encouraged us to do with um, people trying to encounter him. And so, um, again, a lot of times... If you can picture this, I know this is like straight auditory, uh, but a lot of times I think if you can kind of picture uh, the stereotypical view of the church is that you've got this Sunday experience, everybody kind of falls through the Sunday experience, they fall out the bottom of the Sunday experience, and that's all that they get. They might, you know, open up their Bible, they might jump into a version, uh, devotion, whatever, uh, but that might be it. And we just thought, well, what if... Um, the Sunday experience and that Sunday service is just the first component of, or one component of encountering Jesus throughout a month, throughout a week, throughout a year. And so um, at the top of this funnel, if you can kind of picture the funnel, like the general shape at the top is this wide, uh, this widespread, lots of people are going to be a part of it. Uh, it is the Sunday gathering, the Sunday service. But then underneath that, you have these smaller gatherings of people uh, that can have a lot of great value. And if I can say so, sometimes even more value than what happens on a given Sunday morning. Um, and so underneath the Sunday experience, getting a little bit smaller is not in value, but in this amount of people that can kind of be a part of it is what we have uh, termed the community group, which is 10, 15, 20, somewhere in that ballpark, people that come together, typically in a living room, and that could be Bible study based, that can be uh, meeting needs, uh, that can be, uh, you know, based on prayer, but it's this community group idea, smaller numbers meeting together in more of a family feel environment. Um, and then underneath that, you have small groups, or you've maybe heard these called A-teams, or you might even have one-on-ones kind of underneath that getting even smaller, so you can kind of hopefully hear how this forms the shape of a funnel. Um, and that's where 
similar conversations can take place, and or maybe these are conversations that are based on accountability, maybe some tough conversations, um, or they could be celebratory uh, between a you know um, a mentor and a mentee, or or just something in that nature where it's more one on one or or one on two, something like that. And so uh, we we really thought that was an important part of getting out of the mold of, look, you just go to church on Sunday, and then that's what it means to be a Christian. But if your heart is really geared towards and dedicated towards encountering Jesus with the X number of years that God has given you, then if we really want him as much as we say we want him, why would we not want to experience him in every facet of our lives, in every possible uh, avenue? And and frankly, what's also cool is in the funnel, like you don't have to enter in from the bottom or the top. There are so many different avenues and windows into this house where, you know, we understand that there are different comfort levels with who Jesus is in the church. We know there are people that have different personality types. And so people have encountered Jesus just sliding in the window of an of a mentor group, uh, a one-on-one, or maybe they've slid in through community groups, and maybe they stay there. Maybe that's not something that they branch out of just yet. Uh, we like to encourage people to to jump in all the windows uh, that, that we have at the greenhouse because, again, if you want to encounter Jesus, there's so many different skill sets of each level of the funnel, so many different values and focuses of each area. So we want everybody to jump into all of them if they can if and um, if they're willing. But that's what's really cool about the funnel is you can jump in anywhere where you're comfortable. Yeah, and so one of the structural I guess you might say structural or shell um, encouragements we have, not necessarily, hopefully this is filled, the shell is filled with a heart of worship, but just some some habits and practices to be involved in is uh, with this funnel idea is get involved in a community group, you know, find a community group, make that a priority throughout your week to say, you know what, Thursdays, we're going to block this off as a family. Uh, As an individual, I know I need the encouragement, I need the accountability, and maybe that's a, a mentor setting like, uh, Eric said, maybe, um, uh, but then also, um, not just a community group once a week, get involved in a serve team that might serve on a Sunday mm-hmm. every, every now and then, or a serve team that works in the community every now and then. And then also just get involved on Sunday. And we want this to be really simple. There was an old uh, book that came out years ago called Simple Church. And I think it kind of advocates this idea and not that I remember everything about the book, but it's just a simple church is we don't want to be so busy that we can't love our neighbors. So, you know, simplicity is this, come and worship on a Sunday, come and worship in a community group, come and worship through a serve team that serves every now and then, and then find a place to get involved. Mm-hmm. Love your neighbor, invite your neighbors over for dinner, uh, go coach a, a AYSO team, get involved in a nonprofit, uh, you know, be a good Samaritan. If you look at the story of the good Samaritan, he didn't have a, a, a nonprofit that he, he had started. It was just, he saw a need he met a need. Right. And so there there might be something that, that God's placed on your heart, and you don't have time to do it because uh, you're so involved with church work. And we, wanna, mm. we want to simplify that and say, you know, it's, it's again, it's not about the name of Greenhouse. It's about the name of Jesus. That's so right. um, reaching beyond our walls and beyond ourself to, uh, to get involved into, uh, into our neighborhoods and, and, and maybe even if God takes you around the world somewhere. So uh, another value or priority that we want to talk about is replication. So we, we've, we've already hit on, you know, making sure Jesus is the name above every name, about the priority of people, the priority of your purposeful participation. Sorry, there's a lot of alliteration in that, <laughs> a lot of peace. I'm, I'm kind of old school, y'all, so I'm learning new school. So uh, anyway, 
And then this priority of replication, like um, always looking for the next leader, always looking for it to equip the person called. And, and um, I read a book one time, Top Ten Mistakes That Leaders Make, and, and one, of the, one of the principles in that book was always being threatened by the maverick, and so that God's going to bring mavericks along. And I happen to think that the people that I'm sitting around the table with right now are like these um, highly gifted individuals, and their gifts intimidate me. I mean, the gift that Eric Ennis brings to the stage and the gifts that James Howard brings, they, they intimidate me. And, uh, and I, I think it was, um, uh, oh, Jack Welch. I think it was Jack Welch that said, if, if you're the leader in the room and you're the smaller, smartest person, you're in trouble. And so, which is really cool that I get to sit around the table with people that are way smarter than me, they're way more gifted than me. False. And, um, False. And <laughs> Drop not, some terms like, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Nicrosis. Nicrosis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's just it's just neat to see like we we want to give away leadership to mm. people who are um, called people who are uh, in the sense they've shown a uh, a thorough consistency in their love for Jesus and their love for people and and um, and just giving away that authority giving away that leadership giving and always mm. like Paul did in the New Testament you see him bring along Titus you see him bring along Timothy and we we attribute these thirteen books in the New Testament to Paul but if you read most of them it says like Paul and Timothy to the church of whatever, you know, Paul and Titus, or, you know, it, it's like, and even at the very end of the book, there's, you know, like the book of Romans, it, it says somebody else was the scribe that Paul dictated the letter to, to write his amunensis is, I can't even pronounce that word right, or a scribe. And um, so always looking for like, who's the next leader. And, and we see that, we see that within our volunteer staff members, we see it, you know, um, Ariana Rucker's killing it with our, our missions. Trey Foley's helping with our, you know, um, our local outreach needs. You see Chase Toomey over here with NYCG. You see, you know, uh, Caroline Toomey doing a great job with our admin work and helping Vanessa and Sonia uh, bring some things to the table. You see Wes incorporate, helping us incorporate prayer into everything. And I think I hit, and oh no, I can't, can't forget the new guy on the block, uh, John Reynolds, who is... I mean, he is really busting at the seams as a volunteer when it comes to leading our middle school, you know, MSCG, mm -hmm. uh, middle school community group, kind of parodied after MYCG, mm. the McMinn Youth Community Group, um, which I love the vision, by the way, and that uh, of uh, of getting getting into the community and not being just greenhouse. It's being it's it's bigger than that. Actually, it started before greenhouse ever started, which is cool. So, you know, we think like this priority of replication and always seeing. Um, and what we're trying to do right now, just so you know, long podcast, I'm going to talk a little bit long, longer. We're trying to outrun this train that has caught up to us already, where we've got more people coming on a Sunday than we can fit into a living room throughout the week. And so we need... Um, and are praying that the Lord of the harvest, as Jesus said, would raise up laborers right. because we've got this, we, we want, we want, um, space throughout the week for those who are coming on Sunday. And so we're just praying that God raises up those, those community group leaders and, and, uh, and, and we're praying about the process of that too. We don't want, we don't want to, uh, uh, be too fast with it and put people who aren't ready yet into positions of leadership. We want God to, to orchestrate this and, and him to be, uh, oversee the whole process. Anyway, enough of me. And um, off of that replication, it reminded me of a, kind of a guiding book that our staff and elders have walked through is that Gaining by Losing from uh, J.D. Greer. Mm. And I was just thinking as you were talking about, uh, I think one of the points in that book is uh, referring to churches as either like cruise ships or like aircraft carriers. Right. And so hopefully we can be a church 
uh, as Todd was talking about replication, that's like an aircraft carrier that we are sending out, uh, which kind of also goes in line, not to be too cheesy with our metaphor of just the greenhouse, right? Like mm. the greenhouse church, this is the greenhouse, greenhouse Athens podcast. Um, and so, so yeah, we, a greenhouse, like the purpose of a plant in a greenhouse isn't to just stay there and mature and ultimately die in its small little pot, right? Mm. It's to, yeah. it's to get mature enough to then be sent out and planted, planted somewhere in the world. So we just hope to keep that at the center of everything that we're doing missionally and relationally at, at the, at the greenhouse, um, to, to replicate and to send out, to be an aircraft carrier. So. It's kind of like a second chapter to the fully alive. Uh, and to go to that metaphor of greenhouse, like you become fully alive, is kind of like this healing process. Um, even if you're not necessarily feeling like you're in pain or going through something tough, there is this like rejuvenation of the spirit, like a greenhouse where a plant is there and growing uh, in, a, in a healthy way and getting the nutrients that it needs. But like you were saying, James Howard, it's with the purpose of then you yourself, fully alive in Jesus, then taking that life and the gospel uh, and out of that greenhouse into somewhere new where maybe the nutrients aren't there. Um, Could you use some biological terminology? Can, <laughs> can you introduce us to some more biology, uh, you know, when it comes to, um, you know. I don't think anybody wants that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. But if I can um, jump into a kind of another one of our focus areas, um, I think one of the really fun things, there are a lot of fun things about being a part of a church plant, but one of the one of my favorite things is, the people who are a part of the leadership team of a church plant can kind of sit together and figure out what they feel like, at least in their background and in their experience, the church has been missing for them. And then we all sit together and collectively decide, well, what do we not want our group or our city to be missing? Or what are the things that are just non-negotiables that we have to have a part of our church? Because we don't have to you know, play by any constraints or rules and so a part of that was we clearly recognized we want to provide Athens, Tennessee with what it needs most. Um, and we don't have to fit some kind of cookie cutter. We don't want to fit into some kind of cookie cutter shape. Um, so what do the people need? And there's some vulnerability there because uh, what that allows for, which is a good thing, is creativity and to think, okay, so what are different ways that we can uh, bring the gospel to life? But, of course, the vulnerability there is we could fall flat on our face. Uh, the thing that we thought was funny wasn't funny. The thing that we thought was powerful wasn't powerful. But we were really committed and have always been committed to uh, this idea of providing, uh, not that the not that the gospel needs life, there's nothing wrong with how it was written and how it played out through history, but when you're familiar with it and then overly familiar with it, then sometimes because of the constraints of the human mind, we get overly familiar and it no longer has that power. And so we kind of thought, okay, so how can we uh, really serve Athens well? And we kind of had this phrase that we liked, uh, that we really want to offer what we need to those who need it in the way they need it most. Mm. Um, That's good. And so I think we are we recognize that we are broken, especially uh, out of the the tail end of this virus. Especially um, there is this this brokenness, this lostness. Uh, even for a lot of us that are following Jesus, we can just feel kind of like we're just walking in circles mm. uh, and not getting deeper. And so we just really want to 
offer the gospel in a creative way, offer the gospel in a in a new way that provides freshness to an eternally fresh message that maybe we just haven't heard in that way necessarily. Uh, and so, again, we love that phrase, offer what we need to those who need it in the way they need it most. Mm-hmm. And, and that reminds me, too, of, of uh, this, this phrase that Jesus said that unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains by itself alone. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that we are willing to kind of crack open, if you will, yeah. the way of doing things, and, and uh, maybe I'm wrong about that, mm-hmm. Eric, in the way I'm... I'm no. um, thinking about that, but it's it's this it's this willingness uh, to do whatever it takes right. uh, when it comes to that that lost and lonely person uh, that just needs Jesus yeah. and community. And it doesn't necessarily mean that every time you come to greenhouse, there's going to be a spoken word or a skit or you know we're going to do things upside down. Like a big part of that vulnerability and the creativity is like. Sometimes just the component, the fact that we have that funnel system where we have community groups and we have mentor groups because that is creative in the way that you're going to hear things differently when you're sitting in a living room and and there's vulnerability of the leaders and the co-leaders and people are going to be vulnerable there in that space. And so like even there in a living room, you're going to hear the gospel in a far different way than if you're sitting, you know, at McMinn County High School for a Sunday gathering. So even that is a way that we're just trying to provide different, to go back to the metaphor, different windows into the same house mm. of encountering Jesus. And we're, we're thinking through to, okay, who, what population segments in Athens are not, or don't even have the opportunity for fellowship or a community right. group or, you know, what, how is it that we can engage a retired people or our second shift people or our third shift people. We're a highly industrialized area Mm -hmm. here where you've got, you know, we could probably spout off seven industries right now and not everybody in those settings has the opportunity to to attend a gathering on a Sunday or or a midweek gathering in the week. So, you know, help us by praying for us. What is it that we can do uh, when it comes to providing those opportunities creatively um, and risking a lot to, uh, to do it? So... Um, I think it's one of the reasons why you're seeing us try to place ourselves from a time standpoint kind of all over the week as well, because we think about the medical folks who work on Sundays and work on the weekends. And so, you know, if we're just a Sunday only kind of, you know, church institution, then if you work on Sundays, if you're a weekend worker, you're never going to get to encounter, um, you know, the, the version of the gospel we're trying to provide at the greenhouse. And so I, I th- this might not be fully true, but I think we have a community group that meets on pretty much every day of the week, or at least the majority, uh, in different time schedules, we have some in the morning and some at night. Uh, we have worship nights that sometimes are on Sunday night. So I'm really trying to live out you know, mm. kind of what you're just talking about. Dude, mm-hmm. I love that. I love that, and I, I love the way that uh, God has gifted both of these guys sitting here with me too. That their their willingness to risk, their willingness to be creative. And matter of fact, they've shown that with their lives, uh, the risk that they have taken to make steps of faith, even coming from. Uh, South Carolina to, uh, you know, Athens, Tennessee, or, or stepping out of, and adding adding time constraints to the biology schedule that Eric has. <laughs> let me give you one more, let me give you one more priority we have and, uh, or one more th- uh, really value. And, and, and this, this speaks to uh, serving together. This speaks to the uh, pursuit of leadership at Greenhouse. And, and it's this idea that attitude impacts everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, the phrase, uh, uh, the fr- that phrase is unique to me, I think, but not the idea, the concept. I've uh, had some good leaders pour into me over the years about how attitude just 
impacts everything we do. It's like a multiplier, you know, it's not just an addition. It's not just a subtraction. It's, it's, it's a multiplier. And so there are really four, um, four particular attitudes that we look for in leaders. And you've probably heard of, you know, raft leaders, reliable, available, faithful, teachable. And, and so that, that, that is somewhat summed up, some upper, some upperized, some upperized. Yeah. Some yeah. upperized Ni- necrosis. necrosis yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but here are just four different ones and, and this is more for self-reflection and, and, uh, growth in Christ. Uh, uh, and these attitudes are humble um, and humble isn't necessarily thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking of others more than yourself. That's good. So uh, being hungry. So um, are, are, is this a desire or is somebody twisting your arm to get involved? You know, do I really hunger after this? Do I want this? Do I want to see people come to Christ, grow in Christ, mature in Christ, be sin in Christ? Mm. Um, and then helpful, just a, a general helpfulness uh, and attitude. But then also this, this helpfulness balanced out with this honesty. So we develop this sort of atmosphere of trust so much so that people can feel like they can be honest about their um, critiques or their their desires or new ways of doing things, and mm. and so the, these these four things I think really shape uh, the the hopefully the the attitudes of those who are serving in any capacity uh, on a Sunday, and hopefully especially in all of our elders and leaders and and our servant leaders and and team leaders, and so we we think that th- these these things. So let me review real quick here. Um, you guys pop in here. We we want people to be fully alive followers of Christ, and and some of these priorities that we have along with that is the priorities of Christ Christ's name above every other name that that sort of like a water fountain flows into all the other ones. We have this priority of people and community and relationships. We have this prior, priority of of people's um, uh, purposeful participation in everything we do. We have the priority of replicating leaders, always being on the lookout for this new leader emerging and how to equip that person and make them ready for leadership. We have this priority of of um, how would you phrase it, Eric? Doing whatever we need to do to to reach those who need it most. So yeah. yes, so that includes like creativity and risking things, and mm-hmm. and then we have this priority of uh, attitude. What what uh, um, one guy named Patrick Lencioni in his book calls permission to play value. So this is like our permission to play is like we want attitude impact impact everything. So mm-hmm. uh, thanks for joining this podcast today. Um, anything we need to wrap up on, James Howard? Yeah, this was just really good thank you guys for taking the time uh it worked out to where eric was out of school today so mm. glad he could hop on here with us oh, but uh i guess i'll just pray and and then we'll wrap up lord thank you for what you're doing in your church lord I just pray that uh the things that we have talked about today will be true of of the greenhouse church and really of your church uh just worldwide That's lord right. of professing believers in in Christ. And so, Lord, I just ask that um, that your name will be the name above all names. Lord, we know that it is, but God, mm-hmm. in our hearts, Lord, may your name be the name above all names. Mm-hmm. May your name be higher than the greenhouse or mm-hmm. higher than uh, a denomination or um, higher than even our, our culture, like our American mm-hmm. nationalism yes. stuff, mm-hmm. Lord. It, it's all about you, King Jesus. And so, mm-hmm. um, God, we, we pray that that we're a, that we will be a church that is devoted to loving people well, Lord. Again, in Your name, and that that people um, will be called, and um, that they will seek their purpose, Lord, mm-hmm. to participate mm-hmm. in what You have going on, um, both here in Athens, Tennessee, and literally around the world, mm-hmm. Father. Um, Lord, we are grateful for just everything that You're doing and mm-hmm. what You're going to continue to do, and. 
Lord, I pray that that we just um, lean into whatever small ways we can help serve you and your kingdom and have the most influence again for your namesake, King Jesus. It's in your holy and precious name I pray. Amen. Amen. You can find the link to Sunday's Gathering along with the link to our page on the Church Center app in the show notes. The link for Jen Han's book, My Yes is on the Table, and her podcast, Coming Alive Conversations, will be in the show notes as well. If you have any questions, please send us a message on Instagram or Facebook at The Greenhouse Athens. We'd love to connect with you. Thanks so much for listening.